Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Foss Corporation, LLC. I would have to say that uh, I think once you've seen something that you can't explain, it's not like you share that with a lot of people. It all seems like a kind of a fun idea until you're really faced with that moment and that event is now a part of you. It's part of who you are. In 1975, I was about 13 years old. I was in Spain with my father and my two brothers, and we had gone to stay with some friends of my father who were renting a castle. It was a 13th century castle. And uh, that seemed very exciting, especially for a young kid. When we pulled up in my father's car to the castle, I remember thinking how huge this place was. It was massive. But I remember feeling when I got there, there was something just off about it. I couldn't quite put my finger on it. It was just something not quite right. I remember playing with the kids uh, of the family that were living there and, uh, and dinner uh, around a big table. And just as dinner was ending, I hear a very distant rumbling of a storm coming in from way off. There's something about storms in Spain that you should know. When a storm comes in, it literally goes from daytime to nighttime within minutes. As soon as the weather changed, the lighting changed, and within seconds, there was a downpour. Just as uh, everyone was sort of talking about that, all the electricity went out. And I remember the mother of the family showing up instantly with candles and matches. Suddenly, dinner was over. It was time for bed. I remember um, seeing my brothers being led to a room that they were going to share. And I remember thinking, gosh, I'd love to stay with them. Why can't we all just sleep in one room, but there just wasn't room. They had designated one room for an extra guest, which was this, this other room on the other side of the castle, across the courtyard. My father, I think he thought the idea of running across the courtyard in the rain was exciting. And he took his coat off and put it over my head, and he said, I'm going to count to three, and then we're going to run. Uh, and he still had the candle in one hand, and he was holding my hand with the other. And he counted the three, and we ran. I look up. I can just make out the other side of the courtyard. This figure, this silhouette. I thought, I'm scared as a storm. Maybe it was your imagination. And we made it to the other side, and he opened a door to a little hallway. He pulled out some matches out of his pocket, and he, he relit the candle. And he opened another door, which led to a very small 
little tiny bedroom. As soon as I went into the room, the first strike of lightning happened, and it lit up the room, and it was filled with boxes and crates and old paintings, portraits that were pretty scary right there. I knew instantly I just didn't want to be there. In the corner was a little tiny cot. My father tucked me in, and he said, um, you know, are you scared? And I said, eh, a little bit. He said, well, you know, you can do that thing where you count after the thunder and you count one, one thousand, two, one thousand. And when you count between the claps of thunder, you will see that the storm is going away and that will help calm you. And so that seemed a reasonable idea at the time. I thought, okay, I can handle that. And he put the candle down. And he closed the door behind him. And I thought, I'm not putting that candle out. Just as I started counting, one, one thousand, two, one thousand, three, one thousand, a clap of thunder hit. I mean, it was bam, powerful. And I thought, okay, possibly it's going away. I'll count again. One, one thousand, two. Shook the entire building. The loudest thunderclap I've ever heard in my life. I pulled the uh, covers of the sheets up close to my neck and started to count again. And I just got to one, one thousand. I didn't even finish one, one thousand. And there was a sudden smash. A gust of wind blew the window open. It was like out of a movie. And the rain and the wind poured in and completely extinguished the candle. Now I'm in darkness and I'm scared. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, get the matches, get the candle lit, close the window. You can do that. So I'm fumbling for the matches in the darkness. And as I'm about to strike them, feel something in the room. I could feel another presence. I see a silhouette. As I looked again, I realized this figure wasn't moving. I couldn't quite make out the face. And just as I was thinking, who is that? There was another flash of lightning. It was not my father. It was a skeleton. He was literally this far away from me. He had chainmail on, his clothes were all tattered and they were blowing in the wind and in one of his hands he was carrying a, an old spear and I'm freaking out. I'm scrambling for the door. I managed to find the door handle and I flung open the door and I ran it through that courtyard in the rain. Now I'm not even sure my bearings because I'm so terrified I don't really know which door. There's uh, several doors in the courtyard. I pick one where I can see some candlelight through a window, and I just sprint it, screaming for help. And I find my father and the parents of the kids I was playing with. They're completely stupefied by my presence there. I'm soaking wet. I'm totally inconsolable. And I couldn't even explain to them. I couldn't even get my breath. My father, uh, he wanted to take me back to my room. And I remember saying, no, there's no way. I'm, I don't care where you put me. I am not going back there. I knew the meaning of absolute fear. 
and I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. I, I told my father the next day I told him what happened. I told him what I saw, and he, he kind of laughed it off. He said, no, 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 you were scared. You fell asleep, and you probably just dreamt it. And everybody kind of just laughed it off like it was no big deal. And I remember thinking, you didn't see what I saw. To this day, I wish I hadn't seen what I saw. Howdy guys, this is Montana Jordan, a cult specialist, paranormal and parapsychological researcher, and independent consultant. And you are listening to Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast, with my good friend, the amazing Aaron Hunter. Welcome. I'm Aaron Hunter, purveyor of paranormal stories, the occult, and the unexplained. Welcome to RPA. I hope you enjoy your stay. Hey guys, Aaron here, and it is Monday, May 22nd, 2023, episode 295. How's everyone out there around the world doing? And man, as always, glad to be back in the hot seat. As far as announcements are concerned, yeah, everything's smooth over here at the network. Yeah, I'm just waiting for uh, something to hit the fan. <laughs> yeah, I uh, the weather's great. Hopefully uh, this summer's going to be uh, a great time. Yeah, hopefully uh, we enjoy ourselves uh, this summer. And tomorrow, Tuesday, a brand new episode of Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Farrell will be out. And also this Wednesday, a new episode of Terry's Mysterious Moments with Terry from Texas will be out too. And as always, Friday is double feature night with two short films that I'm going to be releasing. So yeah, it's going to be a full week for you guys. And with that, yeah, that's it. Short and sweet. So we're going to do more listener stories for you guys. And you guys know what that means. Oh yeah, man. Come on. Say it with me. Say it with me. That's right, too. The story then. Follow me right this way. No pushing, no shoving. Grab a beanbag over there in the corner. Find an empty spot on the floor. And we replenish the popsicles in the freezer over there in the corner. Go ahead and grab yourself a popsicle. We have grape, lime, cherry, and our favorite, the orange popsicle. Dun, dun, dun. All right. I printed off Bert's package. She sent me by email. Let's see what story she's picked out for us. Okay. Alright, uh, we got two medium ones and a short one. Well, let me wet the whistle, have a sip of my green tea real quick. Mm-hmm. Oh man, so good when it hits the lips. Alright, the first one. This one is by Rose, and it's titled Grandpa George. Okay, Rose, let's see what you got, man. So, a little over two years ago, my grandpa George passed away. It was really heartbreaking for my whole family, especially my grandma. But this story takes place last year when I was at my grandma's and we had just gotten into the car and we were ready to leave and go shopping together. And so the car was parked in the driveway and it was facing the street so we didn't have to reverse out. We could just drive forward. So. We're in the car, and my grand is driving, because I don't have my driver's license. And all of a sudden, my grand starts waving her hands as if she's signaling someone to get out of the way so she can drive forward off the driveway. And I look, and no one's there. 
So I ask her what she's doing, and she turns to me and says, your Grandpa George won't get out of the way. She said it in quite a jokingly way, as if Grandpa was teasing her by not moving. But the fact was, no one was there. So I turned to her and said, Grandma, Grandpa George passed away. And she smiles at me and says, Yes, but just because he's dead doesn't mean he cannot visit me. And ever since then, she tells me stories about how she'll walk into the living room and Grandpa George will be sitting in his armchair and he'll smile and wave at her before disappearing. And it makes me feel happy because I believe she is seeing him and I feel complete knowing they are still happy and can still communicate and see each other. My grand always phones me whenever she sees him and the happiness in her voice is the best thing ever to hear. Thank you so much for reading. And that's by Rose. Rose, a great story. It's a feel-good story. Thank you very much for sharing. Yeah, this isn't uh, really unique. We get these uh, quite often where a loved one, you know, passes away and they kind of hang around for a while. Yeah, that's good. Thanks again, Rose. All right. Yeah, I like those feel-good stories. Not everything has to be spooky, you know. All right. What do we got? What's next? This one is by Believer, and it's titled The Cabinet. Okay, Believer. Let's see what you got, man. Throughout my teenage years, I lived in a haunted house out in the country. So when I was 20 and we moved to a house in the city, I was thrilled. For six months, everything was normal until my dad decided to surprise my mom by buying her an antique china cabinet. My maternal great-grandmother collected china her whole life, and my maternal grandmother had just given what was left of her collection to my mom. She had nowhere to display it at first, so it stayed in a box. When dad brought the cabinet home, he explained that the man he bought it off of had bought it from another man who had painted it white and put stickers all over it. The man who sold it to my dad had replaced the glass, stripped the paint, and returned it to its original appearance from 100 years ago. Mom loved it, because she could finally display her grandmother's china, and the cabinet was beautiful. So we made quick work of arranging the antique china inside. Shortly after he purchased the cabinet, my dad had an accident at work and had to travel out of state to get surgery. My brother was in high school at the time, so while mom was with dad, I was taking care of the house and making sure he was up for school on time. One day, in early October, I was home alone while my brother was at school. I decided to clean the house while I was alone, so I put my headphones on and started cleaning the kitchen. I was about halfway through the sink full of dishes when I started to feel strange. I stopped scrubbing the pot I had been working on and just stood there for a moment, trying to understand what I was feeling. One of my earbuds had fallen out, but I hadn't really noticed. That is, until I heard someone whisper my name in my ear. I turned around thinking I had lost track of time and my brother was home and he had decided to scare me, but no one was behind me. I walked to the edge of the basement steps, expecting to see him in the game room, turning his Xbox on, but he wasn't there. I checked the clock and saw that he would be home for another hour. I assumed I was hearing things. So I went to walk back to the sink until 
I saw a shadow dart across the basement. I ran down the steps and looked around, still halfway expecting to see my brother standing at the far side of the basement laughing at me. When I got down to the basement, I looked everywhere, but saw no one, and nothing that could have made that shadow. The only thing I can think to associate this experience with is the cabinet, as the house had been completely normal for months. So what I'm wondering is, could the cabinet have been haunted? Oh man, great story. That's from Believer Believer. Thank you very much for sharing. Uh, you know, yeah, uh, we've gotten stories from all over the place where, you know, they might have lived in their home for years and years. And then one day they go to, uh, they buy some jewelry or maybe in this case furniture from an antique store or even uh, an estate sale. And, uh, you know, the house has been normal for years and they, you know, they buy something. And all of a sudden in the next few days, you know, just these slight odd things start to happen and you start scratching your head. Uh, what's going on here? Yeah, it's kind of weird. Man, yeah, I believe her. Thank you very much for sharing. Great story. Loved it. All right. What's next? What do we got? This one is by Gina, and it's titled The Doll. Okay, Gina. Let's see what you got, man. Realizing as a teen that the house I grew up in was haunted... This is my earliest memory of an occurrence that, as a child, I didn't understand. I was born in 1977, four minutes later than my identical twin sister. Uh, growing up, we did everything together. When we were around five years old, Santa Claus left us each a doll under the Christmas tree. Uh, my sister's doll wore a red satin dress, and mine wore a satin blue dress. When you tilted them back, they cried, and their eyes would close tilt them forward and the eyes would open. One Saturday, we were playing on Mama and Daddy's double bed, and Mama always made the bed every single morning. You could bounce a quarter off of it. The comforter was tucked nearly under the pillows, and the end was tucked tight between the mattress and the footboard. To a couple of five-year-olds, the double bed felt like a king size. We had plenty of room to color, draw, play with our dolls, etc., etc., Mama was hanging out clothes that day, leaving us inside to play. We kept each other company and basically out of trouble. A couple of sheets of paper, a worn out box of crayons, and my sister's dolls made the day spectacular playing on the king-size bed. We were playing on top of the covers, and other than a few wrinkles from us crawling around on top, the bed was still pristine. At one point, we both had to use the bathroom. We always went together, so we walked out of the bedroom, down the hall. We left behind the paper, the crayons, and her doll. We weren't gone two or three minutes at the most. We entered the bedroom at the same time, and my sister turned to me and asked this simple question. What did you do with my doll? I told her I hadn't done anything with her. We both looked on the bed. She wasn't there. We looked on the floor. She wasn't there. We climbed back on the bed that looked no different than when we left, except for the doll being gone. While moving around, I found a lump at the foot of the bed. I slowly got off the bed, lifted the comforter, couldn't see the doll. Lifted the top sheet, couldn't see the doll. Pulled the fitted sheet from under the mattress, 
reached underneath and pulled the doll out. She was under the fitted sheet. I had to practically unmake the bed to get her out. We ran to the back door only to find Mama halfway down the clothesline, still hanging out clothes. As children, we blamed each other of hiding the doll. I knew I didn't do it, and she knew she didn't do it, but in our minds, we were the only ones that could have. It wasn't until we were half grown and that we looked back at this encounter and realized that neither of us had hid the doll. This would be the start of strange occurrences for the next 15 years that we lived in that house. Thank you for reading. And that's by Gina. Gina, <laughs> great story. Thank you very much for sharing. Loved it. Yeah, disappearing objects, nothing really unique. But this one's a little bit odd because it sounds like your mom, you know, really tucked in those sheets nice and tight, made everything perfect. And the, uh, the sheets and the comforter weren't, um, you know, they're, they're still pristine. They're still like when your mom made it, but yet the doll is underneath the fitted sheet, the very last layer. Yeah, it's odd stuff. Yeah, thank you for sharing. Yeah, it's a great story. I loved it. And that's it, guys. I know it's a little short. We've got some short stories, a medium, sh uh, medium story in there. And, uh, you know, as always, thank you very much. Uh, we're flattered that you guys, you know, come and visit the network. And hopefully you're enjoying what we have here to provide for you. Hopefully you're enjoying the content, you know, the short films on Fridays. And, uh, yeah, I'm glad you're enjoying yourselves. And for you new guys out there, if you want to share your own story, just send it to me at Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at realparanormalactivity.com, and I'll read it off on a future episode. And don't forget to get the free RPA app. Just go to your app store, do a search for Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast. You'll see our iconic aqua blue eye, and download it, fully functional. Stream anytime, anywhere. Or just go to realparanormalactivity.com. Or, if you're at work and you're on one of the platforms, such as iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, we're on 33-plus platforms right now so you get tired of your top 40 or the music you're listening to you know listen to some ghost stories we're probably on there and with that i am calling it the show's been produced by myself and brit and it's also made possible by lafosse corporation and man we love you oh yeah we do as always thank you and good night